Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome on into a Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Back at our typical time, I'm Adam Weiner alongside Thomas Carinante. And New York Yankee Spring Training is only less than a week away from concluding. Opening day is one week from today. Seriously, March 30th in the Bronx. That's uh, You got a Thursday open. You got a Saturday game. You got a Sunday game. Uh, the first game scary. It, take a relaxation on Friday. Don't think about it. Get regrouped for Saturday. We are hype. The New York Yankees' uh, results on the field have been far better than their record, and there are several players rounding into form at the exact right time just ahead of the end of camp. So we're going to take you through our personal lists of the three Yankees we each believe are peaking at the exact right time. Then we're going to take you up and down the roster bubble in a special edition of this podcast. Who's in? Who's out? We wrote up an article this week about the last three in and first three out in honor of March Madness, and we're going to revisit those names a couple days later and see if anything has shifted at all, plus a possible trade uh, participant in an IKF swap, and are the Yankees hinting at anything that Anthony Volpe could be doing on opening day with their recent line of construction, or are they just being annoying? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Please drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question in that review if you want to get it answered. But again, only five stars. That's not saying we're cocky. We know we're a five-star podcast. No, maybe we got some work to do. But hey, if you got feedback, drop it on us. Don't leave it in a four-star review. Don't give us a three-star review. That does nothing for us. Uh, Just brings down the overall average. You ever get a four in your Uber rating after you just gave the driver a five? It sucks. Like, you default to a five. Who wants to be the guy who's like, my driver was a four? Like, obviously, it's either a zero or a five. Your driver either smells uh, not wonderful and and hits the curb and rolls into a fire hydrant and (laughs) screams at you, or he gets you to your destination, right? Uh, This is sort of the same binary rating system. Just drop a five on us. And again, if you have something you need to say, yeah, if the scent isn't great uh, and you want to give us a four star for that, then just just leave it in in a tweet uh, instead of uh, putting it directly on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Thomas Carinante, welcome to the show. As always, welcome to the stream. We're here every Monday and Thursday, 2 o'clock Eastern, typically. And you have, as always, a very special promo to remind our listeners. Yes, folks. I let everybody down earlier this week because I played the patriotism card and suggested you take Team USA. Japan won the game. I'm sorry. Um, But this could still apply to you if you're one of those sneaky betters. Uh, DraftKings is here. They got an offer for us uh, for all the fine people in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. Um, by using the code YanksGoYard, you head on over to DraftKings.com or download the app. If you bet $5 on any sport, you get $150 in bonus bets if your bet wins. Um, so really what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my wife's information. I'm going to sign up with this Yanks Go Yard uh, promo code. And I'm going to probably bet something on the lead eight and hope they hit. And then I'll get my $150 in bonus bets. And you should do the same. 
Um, I don't know if you have like a drunk uncle who's never uh, watching over his email addresses, but you can certainly use one of those. Um, and uh, by using the code Yanks Yard, that's how you're going to get this promo. It's a minimum $5 deposit and wager required. Again, this is for everybody in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. New customers only. That's an important one. It must be 21 years and older and present um, in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. If you're in New York, have a gambling problem, call 888. Uh, I'm sorry, call 877 Hope New York or text Hope NY. Four six seven three nine. If you're in New Jersey, call text one eight hundred Gambler. Uh, if you're in Connecticut, call eight 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 seven eight nine seven seven seven. Or visit ccpg.org/chat. Um, again, guys, this helps support the podcast. Um, so if you have the time to do this, or you can recommend to some friends, um, it'll be a big help for us. Um, we don't ask for much, really. We're not we're not bothering anybody for stuff. We just want. People come in here, want to have some good conversation um, and maybe make a few bucks off DraftKings. Is that too much to ask? I don't think so. Um, again, head on over to DraftKings.com or download the app. The code for this is Yanks Go Yard. Wow. And I never feel more like a radio show than I do when we're rattling off a bunch of phone numbers. Yeah. Uh, the only time I feel a little bit more like a radio show is when we're really breaking down uh, recent performance and, and there's a game going on right now and it kind of feels like we're live dissecting the Yankee Spring Training Contest. Uh, so these are the three players uh, we're going to go back and forth that we've chosen. We got a little overlap, but some disagreement. And I think that's good because it shows you that more Yankees are peaking right now than just the original guys that I had in mind. I even want to give an additional shout out or two to the names that Thomas added to this sheet. I, I feel like I'm going to even come back and we're going to go way over three um, because my first uh, Yankee peaking at the right time is, is a real exhale is Luis Severino. I'm finally breathing right. Severino, yeah. four terrible starts this spring. Uh, the the black mark is he did give up two runs in the first inning of his fifth start, meaning multiple earned runs allowed in each of his first five, his five uh, starts this camp, which uh, that's, you know, not good. But then he rebounds, gets through four innings, strikes out nine. He's been hitting 96, 97, 98 this whole time, but it's been the slider that has sucked. He said that, not me. Uh, yes. but after his third start, he said, my slider sucks right now. And we talked about this last episode. We just don't want It's like, okay, fine. And, you know, it doesn't really matter, but we don't want that. We want to see it not suck. And he got the slider going, got a lot of Ks on the changeup, a couple of Ks looking in that game. And this is a huge year for him. It's a contract year. Uh, we don't think he'll be back. And a lot can change, but I think we've seen enough to know that the organization maybe views him differently than he views himself. The injuries don't help his cause, and I don't think he'll be back next year. He wants to earn that contract. He needs a big year, and the Yankees need him to have a big year. Off to a good start, finally, after his last outing on Tuesday. Yeah, uh, that was uh, good to see him rebound, especially after giving up the, the – was it a leadoff home run? It was just a home run in the first Yeah, it was a leadoff game. home run again, like, which yeah. is the worst thing you could possibly Yeah, and see. you're just like, come on, because the, the last – the last, uh, the last few other starts weren't good. He got hit with the line drive, and you're just like, when is this going to end? Um, so that was encouraging for me. Um, I'm going to give the nod to Clay Holmes here because uh, you look at all the bullpen issues. Uh, we got a lot of bullpen issues, um, already two injuries that are killing us from the onset, and Tommy Canely and Lou Trevino. Um, Clay Holmes in the back end stabilizing the bullpen is more important than ever. Uh, we saw how – all that kind of came crashing down last year when the, his back was bothering him and his mechanics were off. Um, his last two peer, uh, appearances, um, again, it's spring training, but you like to see progress. Um, two scoreless innings and a total of 17 pitches. 15 of those went for strikes. 
Um, the Yankees just simply need him to be back on track. Um, if you guys also head on over to the Pitching Ninja uh, Twitter account, great uh, baseball content over there. Um, he debuted – I don't know if this was a debut pitch or something that he's just kind of perfected over the last year or so. Uh, Rob Friedman calls it a, a sweeper. It was an 83-mile-an-hour sweeper, 20 inches of horizontal break. Um, I don't know who the batter was. It was somebody on the Tigers – literally jumped out of the batter's box thinking he was going to hit him and it went right over the middle of the plate. Um, so if he has that type of control at this point, a week away from opening day, I think that's a really good sign. And for him, he needs to be in that mode from the jump. So I'm happy about that. Yeah. When Holmes was at his best last year, it was, it was like the most automatic lockdown relief ever because he would be so dotting good. those corners with the 99 mile an hour movement. Uh, and he lost that somewhere along the line. He started throwing cement mixers and, and who knows. Uh, I'm just going to feed in your Holmes mention with someone I didn't bring up only because Holmes is like rounding into form, right? Severino is rounding into form. Michael King has been the best reliever in the Yankees bullpen so far this spring. Uh, overall, it's eight and a third scoreless innings. He gave up a couple uh, inherited runs on Saturday, but yesterday went two and a third scoreless again. Uh, and Aaron Boone said that's three ups, right? Cause that's him getting an out, going to the dugout, sitting around for a while, going back to the mound without issue three times. That's also huge. Got that two and a third innings, those seven outs on just 17 pitches. So pretty important uh, to note that as well. The only reason he didn't factor in for me was cause he looked good from his first outing to now. There was never a moment this spring where I was concerned about King other than just wanting to see him do it healthy. Uh, and then the other one that just needs mentioning, like I, when I prepped this, I want to talk about Sevy because he finally had a good start. Nestor Cortez today, four shutout, uh, hitting like the 70 pitch mark beyond ready. It would seem in terms of being built up. I didn't expect him to go that far. Got Paul Goldschmidt on a 70 mile an hour slider to whiff, did the drop down, uh, got, you know, the 93 mile an hour fastball is still zipping on people. He struck out Tommy Edmond with a pitch, that it's the Nestor Cortez special. It's like you see him do it. You're not sure anyone else would have done it, but he did it with that level of stuff. And it's very impressive to see that in his second outing of the spring. Yeah, I agree. Um, the rotation, obviously the most important. We don't know what we're going to get out of Herman and uh, Clark Schmidt. Clark Schmidt hasn't really been looking good. So yet another, yet another problem that we're going to have to deal with. So if, if Cole, um, Severino, and and Nestor can kind of be on track, that's that's going to help a lot. Yeah, Clark Schmidt's been weird. He sort of went backwards. He threw like five perfect innings against the Pirates, I think, two starts ago. Yeah. He used that cutter, and everybody was like, he's here, he's him. And then yesterday against the Nationals, just look bad. Like, we know it's a spring training result. But that's what he does. It's what he's been doing. That's what he does. Yeah. You know it's a spring training result. You know it's not the end of the world, but you're like, I would have liked to see a little bit of momentum built up from that last start. We didn't get it. Um, you know, it happens to a lot of people, but, uh, he certainly had, he had the opportunity to, everybody was talking yesterday about Graham Ashcraft of the Reds. He struck out 10 in like six innings, one hit, like Schmidt had the opportunity to do that yesterday, put two back to back and get the whole baseball world talking about him. Instead, he was just distinctly average, looked like a fifth starter. Um, the second guy I had prepared just cause I, I want to talk about this. Uh, we talk about Anthony Volpe every show, right? We're never going to not talk about Anthony Love Volpe. Him. But today, uh, again, he doesn't totally fit because he's he's peaked the entire time, right? He's been hitting all spring training long. His first spring training game was that hustle double, the stolen base on the pitch out, 
the steal of third immediately after that. So it's not like he hasn't been in first gear the whole time. But it looks like he's peaking now because today he's starting at shortstop. Oswald Peraza is starting at second base. The reverse was supposed to be what we were going to get, right? Everybody was saying Volpe is a second baseman, ultimately. Peraza the shortstop, and no way Volpe makes the opening day roster. Some scout just compared him to Dustin Pedroia the other day. Very annoying comparison, but it was basically just to say, swings crazy hard, more power than you think, not a shortstop. So that's why it was frustrating. Also, because Dustin Pedroia sucks. He's the worst Red Sox of all time. But Volpe has started at short with Peraza by his side twice in the last week. The last seven lineups for the New York Yankees, they've played together twice, man shortstop separately five times, and both times they were in the same lineup, Volpe was playing short, Peraza was playing second. And Volpe typically leads off. Peraza often ends up in the back half of these lineups. Volpe's either leading off or batting fifth. Peraza's either batting second. They went one-two last week or like eighth. So if you're reading the tea leaves, the Yankees are either being very annoying or they're indicating that the shortstop battle is peaking as spring training crests and they're leaning Volpe. Yeah, I'm never going to dissent on an Anthony Volpe take at this point. Um, he's been incredible this spring, and you could argue that he's technically not peaking, um, but he has been consistent and he may have he, – he obviously peaked much earlier, but he has been able to sustain – um, a higher level of production, which has obviously kept him with the big league club this long in spring training and has continued to spur this debate on will he make the opening day roster, which we'll get into in a, into a second. Um, one person that I do want to mention here, if we're going to talk infield, uh, DJ LeMahieu. We may have all forgotten about him a little bit uh, just because of all the other roster battles that are um, at the forefront of the conversation. Uh, but he has uh, six hits in his last 14 at-bats. When D.J. LeMahieu was hitting the ball like that, that's when the Yankees are at their best. If he can set the table atop the lineup with a with a batting average in excess of 300, and he's also taken his walks because pitchers don't know what to do with the, with, with the other uh, top hitters following him in the lineup, the Yankees are as close to as unstoppable as – this version of themselves can get. So um, just don't forget about him. But yeah, Anthony Volpe, primo, the way he's been performing start to finish this spring. And um, it's at the very least going to result in him being at AAA for a little bit of time before he makes his MLB debut. And when we wrap here, I'm going to be live with Robert Murray on the Baseball Insiders at 3.30. I just uh, think everybody watching this podcast is probably going to stick around and watch that one because I know how Robert feels about Anthony Volpe. I know his most recent take. I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, not not uh, not teasing too much. I think you're probably going to like it. Hey, you'll read about it on the website if you don't watch the feed, but I recommend you watch the feed. Um, the final guy I want to mention, and I'm going to definitely get accused of propaganda here just because uh, <laughs> the, the propaganda has hit this week in, in a major way for, uh, for Josh Donaldson. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we were all like, we were all laughing at the article where he was like, hey, if I didn't think I could contribute, I'd retire. And it's like, that's, a, that's fucking awesome. You should retire. That's like, <laughs> I watched you last season, and I don't think he could contribute. Uh, but you know what? I don't know if Josh Donaldson's going to have a big year, and I know that the aging curve is really tough to reverse, and I'm certainly not going to stand here and say, I'm not planting my flag like, yeah, he's back. Like, you could bank on a big year. And it's, it's fine if he doesn't have a big year because I trust the Yankees to figure this out as the season goes on. They're going to try to get something out of him because they're paying him a ton of money. 
But if there's one thing the Yankees don't lack, it's infielders. So they will find a way to get him out of the lineup and de-emphasize him if they have to, right? But they're going to start with him in the lineup. So yeah. I'm I'm excited from this past week, not because he hit two home runs in a game, which he did two days ago, two long bombs. I'm excited because there is a tangible difference. The massive leg kick is gone. He simplified his stance. So there were all these propaganda stories about Aaron Boone talking to him in the cage and saying he looked as locked in as ever and bring it to the game. And then he does bring it to the game with those two homers. And, oh, look, we go A to B with the swing change and the homers. I can't proselytize for Josh Donaldson. I can just say that he did go to work. He made a change. He didn't accept that he was going to be late on every fastball and cash his checks. He changed his stance, and we have evidence that it did work this week. That's that's peaking at the right time. Is it going to last? Is it going to sustain? I don't know, but I know that he's working on it. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say it's propaganda. I would say that it's something that's better because think about it this way. If Josh Donaldson was performing uh, as he was last year at this juncture of spring training, we'd have a lot to say about it. Um, so we have to acknowledge when he's actually producing and those two home runs – I guess something that's notable, uh, noticeable that we have to uh, make note of heading into the season. Um, so I'm not necessarily going to disagree with that. I'm just not optimistic about what's to come. Um, I think we have to do another acknowledgement of someone who's been a little bit overlooked um, in Oswaldo Cabrera. Um, I don't know if I'm um, alone in this kind of uh, belief. I really feel like um, the positional battles have taken away from – just his overall importance to this team, his versatility, um, his switch hitting ability, uh, his energy, uh, his affability, I think is one of the most important things that that fans need to um, uh, realize as we head into the season. Um, and he just homered. So this actually works out um, over his last three games. Um, he is uh, five for eight. Um, and that has brought his average up from uh, 235 uh, to 310. Um, I know that we're not really expecting him to be an offensive powerhouse, uh, but if he can produce anything at the bottom of the lineup, you saw his impact against the Guardians in that DS when he hit that home run. It's uh, he's got a heavy bat, and when he runs into pitches, it's 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 sexy. I, li- I like the way it looks, um, and he puts a charge into him. Uh, he's also another guy who can run the bases, put a ball in the gap. Could be t- could be talking triple here. So um, also he's been playing a lot of third base. What's that about? I, I I've been no- I noticed that I was assuming like an idiot because I'm I am an idiot uh, that he would be playing more center field and he hasn't. We had Hicks in center field the other day. We had Judge in there two games in a row. Um, so I don't know what the plan is for opening day or the first couple weeks of the season. Bader is going to be out for at least the first two or three weeks, I believe. Um, but. You got some Oswaldo at third base. I don't know if that means we're going to see some Donaldson on the bench if his bat doesn't uh, turn around as quickly as they hope in the beginning of the season, but something else to monitor. But you look at Cabrera, who has played now center, um, second, short, third, and left. That's that's a lot of positions he's able to fill. And you know the Yankees are going to deal with injuries. It happens every year. Um, He's going to be a very important player, and if his bat is there – and he's providing all this on defense. It's going to be one. He's going to be one of the team MVPs. And keep in mind, we did get the good stuff on Bader and Rodon too. So yeah, we did. 
uh, rode on bullpen session coming up in the next couple of days. I'll be dreading that, or maybe it'll be awesome. Who knows? But he's progressing. And Bader says no pain. Going to start swinging soon. No timeline, but hey, whatever, man. Whatever works. Um, and if you're a better, if you're believing in the Yankees more than you were uh, when these injury troubles were really hitting a couple weeks ago, then we recommend you sign up for DraftKings. Help out the podcast if you're in New Jersey, New York, or Connecticut, the beautiful tri-state area. I've been to all three states. Seriously, big brag. If you don't have a DraftKings account, new users, you bet $5 on any sport, get $150 in bonus bets if your bet wins, as long as you use the code Yanks go yard, all one word. If you plan on utilizing that deal and helping us out, that's the code Yanks go yard. That's a minimum $5 deposit wager required. New customers only 21 plus and present in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Gambling problem in New York? <laughs> no way. But if you do, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. If you're in New Jersey, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. And if you're in Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. See full terms at DraftKings.com or in the description below. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Now let's just go through these rapid-fire bubble guys, get your rapid-fire take, knee-jerk reaction, how we feeling about their potential to make the roster. This got a little bit easier over the course of the last week, I think, just because Canley was never really an opening day consideration, but the yeah. word was, hey, it'll be like a week after maybe. Like, it's just, oh, I've had biceps tendonitis before. I'll be back, you know, it's opening day. Aaron Boone said opening day when the injury first happened, and we knew that would never happen, but he was supposed to be back soon. Not going to be. Lou Trevino in the middle of May. So the bullpen rolls are opening up. Clark Schmidt has to go to the rotation these bubble bullpen guys are, are probably going to make the team now because Albert Abreu is a lock. He went yeah. from the last guy in the bullpen to a lock because he's out of options. They went and got him last year. They clearly like him. There's no way they're losing him for nothing this time around, especially with question marks in the bullpen. Uh, but what about the other guys? Uh, Jimmy Cordero struggled as of late, has not been quite so money down the line, but I'm still a yes on Jimmy Cordero. I think he's the second to last guy in the bullpen. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this is a guy that they have uh, invested a lot of time in, um, and he's been performing well. Um, there's no reason to not carry him, but the way he's he's performed too. So uh, he's he's a yes in my book. Yesterday we got another look at Matt Crook to the left-hander, who is definitely intended to be this year's JP Sears. Mm-hmm. Um, he he got a scoreless inning. Clark Schmidt was the only Yankee you couldn't pitch yesterday. Uh, They end up losing a sleepy game, but King comes in, he's great. Crook comes in, he's great. Um, I know they want him to be a starter. I know they want him to be stretched out, but I still foresee him making that opening day roster too, and I think he is my last guy in the bullpen. Where do you stand on Matt Crook? 
oh, he's there. I mean, they need uh, – I mean, do you need I, – I think you need more than one left-hander. I think um, you do too, and I, I did. I kind of resented the conversation that you now don't. Like, baseball yeah. has not changed that much that you're going to want only one left-hander. You're going to want lefties who can get righties out, but yeah. two helps. Yeah, I agree, and, and they, they also value guys who can – go more than one inning and crook obviously has the track record 106 innings back in 2021 138 and two-thirds last year um it's not that's not anything overwhelmingly impressive but clearly he's built up to do a heavier workload than most especially all these other guys who are um, either dealing with injury issues or longevity issues um someone like cordero who is you know coming off of uh tommy john from two years ago and spent last year building back up so yeah, he's there. He's a left-hander. He can go two innings, and you're right. I think the J.P. Sears comp is perfect. That's how they're going to utilize him. Yeah, when Schmidt does eventually lose that rotation spot, probably, or Herman, whoever loses it, yeah. Crook probably goes down to AAA, but that's no reason not to keep him for now. Uh, what about the outfielders? Uh, I, I think we're split on this, maybe, but Esteban Floreal, we've been over this. Uh, we know that this is his last chance. Uh, he does not get to go down to the minors. He does not get to ride the Scranton shuttle if he does not make the opening day roster. He will be exposed to waivers and knocked off the 40-man. Stole five bases this spring, hit a homer, didn't hit much at all. I'm still – I don't want to give up assets for nothing, but some asset in the over the course of this list is going to be given up for nothing. Uh, so I am in favor of Floreal uh, not making the team. And, and being the one who is exposed. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, you know my stance on this. I've been saying it since the beginning. If he didn't have a semi-impressive spring and I was even giving him that chance, it was like if there were flashes of something, um, they might have been able to convince themselves. Um, at this point, if Oswaldo Cabrera can play some center field, uh, uh, Floreal is more and more expendable by the second. Because um, the one thing right now that would be his saving grace is his athleticism. He's a a really good athlete, um, great agility, great instincts. Um, obviously, somebody who can um, make an impact on the base paths too. But not hitting the ball, you have other guys who can play defense. And the meantime, before you get Bader back, um, if there was ever an asset the Yankees would consider a sunk cost and would risk going elsewhere, it literally has to be this, or else I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, what do I want? him to not make the team. What do I think is going to happen? I honestly am 60, 40. He doesn't make it. Cause again, I mean, you've seen the Yankees send Miguel yeah. and Duhar into purgatory for so many years. They're really going to say like, we, we can't risk losing Esteban. <laughs> they were on the verge of losing all of these guys. They buried in the minors forever. Yeah. And so that brings us to Rafael Ortega, who I think gets that backup outfield job, even though uh, the numbers aren't really where you want them to be this mm -hmm. spring. It's, it's a hilarious spring, two bombs, like four total hits and the OPS is still way up and the average is like 160, but you can't deny the experience. We have 121 games to prove he can be a center fielder with a well above average bat. He did it in the NL central two seasons ago. Florial comes up every year and goes three for 30. I just, I understand that. Hey, maybe there's another gear for Florial to unlock. There are all sorts of things out about how he's terrible at pitch recognition he should probably have gotten better at that by now. And, and Rafael Ortega has done it in the major league. So I'm a yes on want and I'm a yes on the Yankees carrying him. Frankly, I don't even think he's the last man on the roster. I think the last man on the roster is either Floreal or someone who we're going to talk about in a little bit. 
yeah, I'm a no on Ortega just with the way that his springs kind of transpired. Um, I am going to be a little bit delusional here and say that at the onset of the season, um, we're going to see a little bit more Giancarlo Stanton on defense just so the Yankees can see what they have and see if it's something that they can maintain throughout the year. Um, and it'll give them a good gauge on what his situation will be and what flexibility they will have. So I think that that makes um, Ortega fairly expendable um, because you're stuck with Hicks. Hicks is playing. Sorry. Um, you have Cabrera who's going to be playing. Um, and then I guess um, the next guy we're going to talk about, or is it the next guy we're going to talk about? Um, it's in two guys, but I think somebody else is going to get some outfield reps. Let, here. Yeah. Let's, let's just bump him up. Cause yeah, we were going to, we were going to talk about Greg Weiser that he just gave up a run. He's, he's not making the roster. He no. is the last guy. He's going to be the first guy coming up from Scranton, I would say, but he's not done enough to earn that spot. He's still performed better at AAA than he ever has in the bigs or spring or, or anything like that. So we'll see him, but not right now. Let's talk Isaiah Kiner-Falefa because I I have put him on my roster in place of Floreal. I think he's going to be yeah. on the team. Um, the trade rumors are swirling again. You keep seeing one team and one name connected to him now. Uh, Brendan Cuddy and Chris Kirshner of The Athletic were not the first to connect the Mariners and IKF saying that Chris Flexen could go the other way. The Yankees need pitching help. Chris Flexen is a a better baseball player than Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. He, he appears to be. That seems like a mismatch of a trade, but he's getting squeezed out of the Mariners rotation. So I've seen that drawn, the connection drawn plenty on a national scale. You also have the Rockies. You also have the Dodgers who were thirsting after IKF at points during the offseason. They talked to the Yankees. Ultimately, I think he still stays. And I think we talked about in the last episode, moving to the outfield does more for the Yankees than for any other team. Nobody else acquiring him wants him in the outfield. Yeah, no, no way. I mean, I don't even want him in the outfield, but if you're starting the year off a little bit, you know, handicapped in the manner that the Yankees are, um, a day or two there could help get somebody off their feet. I, I, I don't know. Um, my whole thing with IKF making the opening day roster is not that he's earned it. It's not that they need a utility player. It's that they are not trading him. I don't know who is taking that money. I don't know what the Yankees – you have to remember, when the Yankees are making trades, they are not making a trade unless they're getting exactly what they want in return. They are never uh, – they're never selling low. Um, they are uh, – they're they're never going to be in a position where they're taking less than what they believe is, you know, the, the right return price. Um, although we inherently would value getting the $6 million salary off the books to help us with a little bit more flexibility at the trade deadline. Um, I think the Yankees will just figure that out later. Maybe if IKF can um, uh, either rebuild his value in the, in the amount of reps that he's getting with the Yankees or the season starts and um, some other teams suffer injuries or their infield pictures don't uh, look as advantageous as they once did. Um, so I think it's just by default that this is what the Yankees have to live with because they, decided to tender him a contract um, and live with all of the other stuff that came with it. Um, and we've talked about this a million times. Making trades during spring training is not all that common. Um, and teams would rather see what they have in-house before they upend a roster uh, you know, in that scenario. So if you're going to inherit somebody like IKF, who is admittedly versatile on the defensive end and could be an asset at the bottom of your lineup if you value contact hitting in the manner in which he does it. Um, 
you know, you're, you're ditching somebody else and you're chain, you're, you're upending your infield picture um, in some capacity. And I know some of these teams do have room such as, I guess you would consider the Dodgers or the Rockies. Um, but is it worth it? Because is IKF that much more impactful than maybe a younger player you want to see get reps or maybe some other infield alignment you've been experimenting with and want to see what the results would be? Um, I don't know. I think that he's here by default and that's just what it's going to be. I just can't get over how little sense he makes on this roster compared yeah. to other rosters. He's a fine player. He's just not what the Yankees need. Yeah. They have too many infielders. They have too many utility infielders, not enough outfielders. So we're just forcing our weakest infield bat to go play the outfield. Uh, that's why I would love to see him traded. Uh, non-tender, I'm not sure. You don't know where the roster is in December, but we sure know where it is now. Uh, I think he's back. I don't think Chris Flexen is a New York Yankee yet. Yeah, we'll see. Then the final whammy. On the roster, firmly on the roster bubble, crossing his fingers does not like if he will he accept an NIT bid if he does not get a Yankees roster spot. Um, yeah, he will because he's a hard worker and he has to. But Anthony Volpe talked about it plenty, like couldn't talk about it more. In fact, we'll be talking about it next week because we'll be doing uh, a Monday show before the roster drops, right? The Yankees, we know they're having quote pound the table meetings about the roster right now. They had their first one a couple days ago. I assume everyone important just walks in there, slams the table once, doesn't say anything, and leaves. I don't really know what that means. Who at this point, the, the real, the Volpe problem is, who is walking into the pound the table meeting and pounding the table that they shouldn't roll with them? He's done everything. Um, I would have said literally a 0% chance of him starting the season on the opening day roster a month ago. Even two weeks ago, I would have said 5%. Now, I'm 60-40, he goes to the minors. I still think Peraza is your opening day starter, but it's really fucking close. And the people who, even the people who want to demote him, want him on the roster at this point. Yeah. It's so close that I am going to say yes, um, because I have Ortega off, I have IKF in, and I have Floriel off, so that creates one more bench spot. Um, and I think the the resounding kind of take from this is where do you value Anthony Volpe more getting part-time major league reps and putting more pressure on Oswald Peraza or getting everyday reps in triple a for three weeks before he comes back up to the big leagues. Um, I think that a, his performance speaks for itself, his demeanor and his attitude um, and his character speaks for itself. And then again, we can't discount the influence Aaron judge has on this organization now. Um, he got his contract, he got the captain title. He was vocal about the Volpe situation, um, talking about, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what your situation is. If you're playing like a major league baseball player and can help the team, you should be up with the team. Um, judge got his own burger. I don't know if you guys saw that. Uh, there's only 99 of them every home game. So you better get there quick to try it. Um, so look at that overarching influence that that man has. And you think that, As we go down the stretch here, a week before opening day, a week before these roster decisions are fully etched in stone, he's not popping into Aaron Boone's office. He's not sending Brian Cashman, or I guess probably at this point, he's skipping Cashman because he knows that's a waste of time. He's going right to Hal. We know how that goes. We know who Judge talks to. It's like, Hal, you in in, uh, Italy again by chance? I have something to run by you. Um, (laughs) He's always in Italy. He's been in Italy all off season long. (laughs) (laughs) I think the only thing holding this back um, is – their confidence in what the situation might look like, because I think there is a good point to be had here. It's like if Volpe comes up, Volpe's up and he can't go back down. 
he's staying. Um, and you have this infield glut at the beginning of the season. And I could see a world in which where the Yankees might want to buy themselves three weeks or a month, to see if injuries happen or to see if uh, Peraza's maybe not performing up to suit and then they can make the call and do that um, with Volpe. But I just think if they have dri- – it's the New York Yankees, man. They are – they could they, – I'm not doubting that they'll break our hearts and, and last second you know, option him and say that this is the reality. But they've let this go on far too uncharacteristically long, I think, for them to then go with the decision that nobody wants. Um, so I am going to be a little bit optimistic here heading into the new year because I want to feel good and I want everybody to feel good. And I'm going to say that they have let this play out so long that they have no other choice. And Anthony Volpe's got to be with this team come March 30th. Our most read article of all time will be Yankees demote Anthony Volpe in last minute offseason <laughs> opening day roster. Shocker. Uh, but I do feel your good vibes, and I hope that you are correct. I think it's the move at this point. I think Robert Murray thinks it's the move too. But we shall see if you join me on the later show. Uh, he just made a slick pick up the middle as well because, of course, he did. Why wouldn't he do that? Such a uh, nice guy. That is it for this edition of the Baseball Insiders. We are so happy to come with you live on Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern, on the YouTube channel and available afterward immediately on all podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, your favorite podcast platform. It's there. Uh, Spring training almost over. So much uh, has gone by. So little time left remaining. And next week we'll know so much more about the roster. We hope, although it'll obviously go down between the Monday and Thursday show, reacting live. Opening day Thursday, live pod during the game. Yeah. Can you, can you believe it? We we can't. I certainly can't. Very exciting stuff. Uh, until then, you can find us uh, on uh, all those platforms and, and give us those reviews if you feel like it. I'm on Twitter still, at Adam Weiner. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? I'm at Tommy's underscore takes, uh, the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account's handle, at Yanks Go Yard FS. We're there. We're having fun. We're listening to everything you got to say. And we're turning it into content sometimes. Head on over to yanksgoyard.com. We have our bylines there. Um, lots of stuff coming out over the next week. Um, we're going to be covering games in real time. We're going to be popping on doing the podcast here and there if there's a big moment that happens. You never know. You just simply never know. Um, so until then, folks, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again on Monday. Enjoy some the last bit, the last weekend of spring training baseball. Have a good one. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.